say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another. Hello everyone and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and Oh, whoa, wowza, I am telling you, today's book is brought to you by Conscious Leadership. Yeah, are you awake? Get woke, all right? Come on, folks, get, you know what? Today is not yesterday. I know that's obvious, right? So why, why are you doing yesterday's stuff when it comes to leadership in today's business world it makes no sense and my author today agrees with me he's it's called conscious leadership for those of you who are listening live on Castbox fm i know you can't see the cover of the book but everybody on facebook live can because they're looking at the book right now and they're very happy about it yeah i'm just telling you right now the book conscious leadership seven principles that will change your business and change your life available at bookstores everywhere you have got to get yourself a copy it's not a long read but man it is a full read, and 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 Michael Bianco Splan is with us today, and he is uh, going to be dynamic. He's going to be fun, uh, but he's going to be so insightful. I'm telling you, this is this is a game changer. I know I say it a lot, but it really is. It's a game changer when it comes to leadership, especially in today's leadership, and especially if I want to tell you something else that that just really just hammers me in this book, and we'll get to it um, later. But you know what really hammers me in this book? If you are looking at improving customer service. And if you're really serious about that, I'm telling you this book is going to answer that question. Huh, what do you think of that? Yeah, so get your pens and pencils out. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll do that. But hey, before we go and talk to Michael, which we're going to get to very quickly here, why don't we do what we do every week? And you know what we do every week is I check in with you in the four areas of your life. I believe that we are four-part people, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And what we do is we rate, if you haven't joined us before, what we do is we rate ourselves every week on a scale of one to ten, one being miserable, ten being outstanding in each of these four areas. As I walk you through them. So we're going to start with the physical area. And what I mean by the physical area is I'm, I'm not exactly asking you how you feel physically. What I'm really asking you is how well are you taking care of yourself physically? That is, are you exercising? Are you eating right? Are you getting the correct amount of sleep? If you were to rate yourself on that way physically, what would be the number that you would give yourself? So if one's, out, one's miserable, 10's outstanding, 5 is average, what would that number be? Now, the question, there's two questions I always ask in every one of these pieces, and that is, you know, okay, why are you that way? And then the second question is, what can you change right now to change that number? And we're not asking you, and I'm not asking you to change from, if you're, let's say you're a 4 today, for whatever reason, right? I'm not asking you to get from a 4 to a 10. I just want you to get from a 4 to a 4.5, you know, or maybe a 4.25, you know, if it's that rough, okay? I just want you to grow. And as my lovely wife has told me over and over and over again, you know what? If you're not growing, you're dying. And it's true of every area of your life because you can never say stagnant, okay? So you should have your first number and that's the physical number, okay? You got that? Perfect. The second number we're going to look at is the mental number. And and I was thinking about this the other night, and you know, I talk about the mental side, but really our brain is two halves, okay? We have a logical side of our brain that really is in tune with numbers and order and things that are linear and, 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 and very just so logical, right? And then we have the right side of the brain that is entirely creative, that enjoys music, that, uh, you know, that it, it likes things that make us kind of happy, okay? It's not an emotional thing necessarily, but it's just things that kind of appeal to us on a very creative sense. You could think of it as the marketing person is your right brain and the P&L person is your left brain, okay? That's how you could kind of think of it if you want to think of it that way. And what I want you to think about in this mental number on a scale of 1 to 10 is how well are you feeding both halves of your brain? So often we get stuck in one half of our brain or another, and then what happens is is that we don't, we don't attenuate to the other side of the brain because we're so enjoying either our logical side or we enjoy our creative side. Folks, if you want to be the full person that you need to be, you need to you need to work on both sides of your brain. Uh, and I'm telling you, Michael uh, Bianco Splan is going to help us today to do that. I, I promise you he will. But feed yourself some things. Read some things that are working. Work the other side of your brain. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how you doing? All right? You got that number? 
Okay, great. So now you got two numbers. So now let's look at the emotional side. All right. What do I mean by emotions? Well, I'm going to make it really simple because I could go into it all day. But I'm really looking at two things here, right? You'll hear us psychology professionals, you hear us talk about things like emotional quotients, emotional intelligence, and things like that. But the truth of the matter is, what I'm interested in is these two factors when it comes to evaluating your emotions. One is how well are you able to control your emotions under stress? And then secondly, when you're really busy or under duress, how well are you able to tap into the emotions of others? We sometimes will refer that uh, to a word as empathy, right? And because what I'm really looking at here, what I want you to value yourself on is when you're really, really stressed out or when you're really, really busy, can you take the time to really tap into the emotion, emotional side of other people and really take the time to understand it? So we think that we do quite often. The fact is we generally struggle with it. So in those two areas, right, first, the first of the first part of that is, right, how well are you able to control your emotions and then tap into the emotions of others? What would you give you a score? in that same scale of one to 10, right? And the same two questions, right? What, you know, what would you, you know, what, what, why are you there? And then what, what can you do right now to change it? And then finally, the last piece is the spiritual piece. And a lot of people get confused about the spiritual piece, but I, I, I'm going to simplify this. Michael's going to talk about it too, a little bit, because there is an energy that, that we actually have that we pass along to each other. And Michael does a beautiful job of explaining the energy that we have between each other. But I'm going to tell you this. If you remove the physical, the mental, and the emotional, and you threw those out, and you took something that was left, that's your spiritual piece. The fact of the matter is there's something that settles your soul. There's something that settles you. There's something that brings you a sense of centeredness, a sense of peace, a sense of joy. I didn't say happiness. I said joy. And there's that something that happens. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's nature. Whatever that may be, right? The question is, how well is that working for you? Right? And that same skill of one to 10. And then, and then, you know, why is it that way? And then what do you need to do to change? So, you know, if you, if, if it is God or whatever, right, how's that working? And then, you know, what do you need to change it? If it, if it is meditation, how is that working for you? And what do you need to do to change it? Right? Whatever that may be for you. All right. So you have these four numbers, right? Right. You've got four numbers, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Think of those as the legs of the chair. Right. And if you sit in a chair that's uneven, guess what? It's really bad on your posture. It makes it difficult to sit. Same way. If, if everything is really, really low, it also is tough on the posture and it makes really things difficult to sit as well. And you know who is who just is absolutely uh, engaged in all four areas of your life is our, my next guest. And I am so um, I am so glad to have him on the show. I, I just uh, I love the man. Uh, and I've never met him, but his name is Michael Bianco Splon. He is a conscious leadership expert. He's an inspirational speaker. He is a master certified corporate trainer. He has over 30 years of frontline executive experience. He offers transformative, uh, a, a transformative approach to leadership. He works with Fortune 100 companies. He works with small boutique enterprises. He is he works with those people who are seeking a life that's true to one's passion and purpose. And I could not agree with him more. He's author of a couple books, uh, Dying to Live, A Tapestry of Reinvention. Um, he is also uh, the book that we're going to talk about too. But he, he also owns the... Um, his website is called illuminateambitions.com. You need to check him out. But the book that we're going to talk about that he has so graciously written and is joining us today is called Conscious Leadership, Seven Principles That Will Change Your Business and Change Your Life and Dying to Live. And so please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show and welcome to the show, Michael Bianco Splon. Welcome to A New Direction. Amen, Brother Jay. It's so so great to be with you. There's so many different points that uh, that you uh, introduced to your, your listeners out there that I concur with. Uh, you and I are singing from the same song sheet, yeah, yeah. so it's great to be with you. <laughs> well, thank you. You know what? I knew when I read the book, I said, I think we're going to be singing together. Sadly, my voice isn't <laughs> as good as his, but you know, we'll be, we'll be singing from the same song sheet. So uh, the book, uh, yeah. by the way, uh, fantastic. I really loved it. And I, I well, just, yeah, no, I'm going to tell you right out of the introduction, and I want people to hear this because this is a quote from Carl Jung, and uh, some people say Jung, it, it, we in psychology, we have to call it Jung, uh, but uh, this is kind of the sets the book to me. It, it, this is kind of the uh, foundation of the book. I am not what happened to me. I am what I chose to become. And that, that comes just like, that's like right out of the sh gates. Mm -hmm. Is that just kind of the yes. premise of the, is that kind of like a, is that kind of where we should start as we 
start digging into this, the seven principles uh, of conscious leadership? Absolutely, Jay. It's, it's a terrific place to start. Um, there's so many core mantras and principles that I, that I speak to in conscious leadership. Uh, and what that uh, Carl Jung uh, quote actually determines is that we have the power of choice. I mean, you, you brought forward the, the whole concept of what can you do now? Right? right? Well, now is the only moment that we have, and that's one of the principles in the book, is to be present. So, and, and you also spoke around different components of emotional intelligence and the importance around that. And, and I don't know about you, Jay, but I'm also doing a lot of research on what, what is now being called SQ, mm. which is spiritual leadership. Right, and right. it's kind of a new, new adventure into leadership, which really incorporates that part that you were talking about, that spiritual part that we can talk more about. But... Yeah, it's about, it's about having the power of choice. And I, I write articles and I speak on this uh, in the work that I do, both individually as well as in, in organizations. Understanding that in any given moment, when you are aware of being aware, you step into a level of consciousness. The, the truth is, Jay, we're making thousands of choices every day in our lives. And most of those choices are being made in autopilot from an unconscious perspective. So basically what that means is that we're simply reacting to the world around us as it happens, as opposed to tuning into the present tense, tuning into a level of awareness and consciousness that then allows you to actually make perhaps different choices, choices that lift others up. So from a point of leadership, yeah, this is not about a random set of things that are happening around me that I'm just reacting to on a day-to-day basis. It's about stepping into a different paradigm where you're actually conscious and aware to make those choices that can lift not only yourself up, but those that you lead and you serve. So I think that's a great place to start. So let's let's just let's just start digging in to these leadership principles because uh, I, first of all, the conscious leadership principle number one is be the real you. That that's leadership mm-hmm. number one. We talk a lot about you know being authentic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's that's kind of a popular term right now, and you yeah, know, right, authenticity. But let's talk about it in terms of, you know, how you define it, and let's talk about it in terms of, of, of what that being the real you and how that needs to be a fundamental part of the first mm-hmm. principle of conscious leadership. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's an essential part, and that's why I have it as the first principle. We are, we're a lot more than the title that a company gives us, or we're a lot more than the title of parent, friend, spouse. We, we are, in essence, unique human beings with unique spirits. When I talk about being the real you, I mean stepping into the essence part of who you really are. Now, let me give you a couple examples here, and I can use my own life experience for this as well. Um, I would, in, for the last uh, almost 20 years of my corporate work, I was working in financial services and most recently working for a Fortune 100 company. Uh, leading many, many people, and when I would meet with my direct report managers, it, it came to me, and I thought to myself, well, how do, I, how do I bring this principle forward to the managers? And I would use the analogy of, of saying, why is it that we as human beings show up to our professional environment and we hang up on a hook, the most important part of who we really are, the essence part of our, our personality, the essence part of our soul, we put it up on a hook, and we become bankers, or we become lawyers, we become whatever your occupation is. And we, we, we tend to operate from this premise that I have to be a different person professionally than I am personally. And the work that I do with the folks that I, I, I'm working with in terms of leadership enhancement and organizations is to understand that that's a fallacy. Mm. Where one human being, when you bring forward uh, that full self, fully self-expressed, when you're engaging from, and again, I'm going to use that, per, that, that word authentic or authenticity, being genuine, even being vulnerable. I mean, we have this concept, the stereotypic male thing, that if you're vulnerable, somehow you're weak. When in fact, energetically and at a spiritual level, when you show honest vulnerability to the people that you lead and serve, that genuineness, that vulnerability that says, hey, I'm a human being, I'm fallible, I don't have all the answers. When you do that, people are attracted to you because you show your humanness. So stepping into the real you is a different level, it's a different frequency of energy. If I'm, if I'm operating below my radar, if I'm operating based on the title of my job or what you think I should be, then I'm operating at a lower frequency. When I step into the true nature of who Michael really is, and, and, I, and I, can, I can attest to this because I've been working with this, these principles now for a number of years. Fifteen years ago, 
the Michael that existed, the Michael that showed up in, in the corporate construct, is very different than the Michael it, that today. I learned to be able to step into the essence of who I am and anxiety, step through uh, what holds me back, that ego chatterbox inside my head. I've been able to step through that and, and actually give you all of Michael. And when, when I did that, the interactions that I had with the managers that I was leading and serving, the folks that were around me, those interactions changed. And from a practical point of view, for all of the listeners out there that actually run companies or are integral for, for your business enterprise, there's a practical value attached to that as well. When you connect better with your associates, your employees, and you're showing them the real you, that's a higher frequency, and there, there's an attraction that happens with that. They know that you actually care about them. They know that you're, you're being honest and genuine with them. When that happens, the energy changes. And, and, again, it's one interaction at a time, and you really can change the dynamic and the paradigm of your leadership when you do this. So, by the way, so eloquently and well stated. I love that. Um, and I really Thank do. Thank you. Um, so, one of the things, you said something, I'm going to back up a little bit earlier on something that you said. Why do we not want to bring... Or why are we inhibited from bringing who we are outside of our job into our job, especially as a leader? It's a good, it's a good question. And if I were to use my experience in terms of my coaching and, and leading experience, it really has everything to do with fear. Hmm. Uh, the fear that if I really show you who Michael really is, you're not going to like me. You're going to find fault with me. You know, it's that, it's that irrational, ego-driven fear that's a limiting voice inside my head that if I show up and I give you the true me, somehow you're going you're gonna to find that unsatisfactory. You're going to find something less than from me. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think leaders, particularly, well, it works both for men and women in different ways. I think fear is, and of course, there's a lot of tentacles attached to fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some element of fear, anxiety, uh, and, and a trepidation that exists for, for leaders to actually stay. The other side of this is that the corporations and businesses, just because they have policies and procedures and mission statements and values, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they support an openness and a, and, and, a, and a safe network for people to actually speak their minds. Very few companies are really good at establishing that baseline of trust and safety for people to actually express themselves. And, and so it, really at the top of the house, when leaders take this on and understand the power, and I mean that in a very positive leadership, this conscious leadership that I, I espouse, all kinds of things can change in a very positive way. Uh, we're talking with Michael Bianco Spawn, author of the book Conscious Leadership, Seven Principles That Will Change Your Business and Change Your Life. And uh, we, we're just digging into the, the first part of this. Uh, and we're at principle number one, and we're talking about authenticity. So one of the things that you talk about here in this book is kind of discovering ourselves here. And you talk about the real you and the magic of childhood. And mm-hmm. you you start us in and uh, by saying we need to take a look back on our childhood, remembering the people, events, activities that captured our enthusiasm and joy. Mm-hmm. And and then because we tap into it, can we talk about that a little bit? Why would that, as sure. a starting spot, as a starting point to kind of look at our own authenticity? Uh, through our childhood, because yeah. I, I just found that a fascinating piece. Well, you know, as as a parent and and having raised children and and being a student of life, you know, what happens to the dreams we had as a child when we were unfiltered and un, you know, we weren't inculcated into mm-hmm. the capitalistic model when we were three, four, or five years old. I mean, we were just you know free young souls expressing ourselves. What happens to the dreams that you and I have had growing up as children? Uh, you know. In some cases, uh, in very few cases, that, at least in my experience, when I talk to people and, I, and I'm coaching or I'm, I'm doing it with them, say, yeah, you know, I wanted to be a dancer or I wanted to be a doctor or I wanted to be a fireman and, and really realize that dream, actually brought it to fruition. So when I, when I make reference to uh, childhood, and as you know, uh, from a psychological point of view and a, from an analytic point of view here, a psychotherapeutic point of view, a lot of the imprints that we have in our lives that, that create both dissidence as well as uh, 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 an expansion of our world happened in childhood. So I'm asking the reader to step back and take a look at their childhood and those, those memorable, those, those Kodak moments, both good, bad, and indifferent, that took place that really have informed your, your sense of self, informed your reality that you currently exist in, and be able to look at that from a point of view of what happened to the real 
you mm. that at one point in your life was there and being expressed. Mm. And, and, you know, in some cases it's, a, it's recapturing of that spirit, that childhood kids. You know, I can only imagine with your personality, you must have been a lot of fun when you were an 8, 9, 10-year-old. <laughs> and, and, you know, same, same thing with me. I mean, we're, right. we're right. you know, out there having fun. What happened to the fun part of being an adult? What happened to the, the joyful part of being, being a, a, a child in leadership now? You know, so, so it's a recalibration of our lives, looking back and saying, if I'm not being honest and genuine in terms of my true expression of myself in my work, why not? Mm. And being able to look at what's preventing me from doing that. And it's, it's about, and it really taps into the second uh, principle in the book, and that's about being a peace builder, and it's an inside job. Right. Being able to go inside and quell the fires that exist within. So in, in reflection, yeah, it, you know, that's one way for us to look back and say, what, what does it mean for me in the, in the present tense in terms of stepping into the real me and the, in the real essence of who I am and looking back across your life and understanding something about that? That's awesome. His name is um, Michael, Michael Biancosplan. The book is called Conscious Leadership. And he's joining us here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, did you know that New Direction's new major sponsor is Epic Physical Therapy? Whether you're recovering from an injury or suffering everyday aches and pains and maybe you're having difficulty performing activities of daily living or maybe you're unable to perform the athletic activities because you're you know, a high-level athlete. Maybe you're just looking at how to feel and improve. Look, the elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will, Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs. With their experience in rehabilitating young athletes to elite professionals, they really do understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or your injury. Listen, I go to them. I am telling you, uh, they, they, they keep me together. <laughs> I'm just telling you, and they make me better. You know what? If you want epic relief, epic recovery, epic results, you need to go to Epic Physical Therapy, and you can learn more by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, no matter where you're at in the world, they can help you find the right professional to sell your home or buy your home. And the reason why they can find the right professional is that for 35 years, you know what they are? They have been known as legends of customer service. And what's more is they do not belong to any sort of nationally affiliated company. They are locally owned and operated, which means that they've been able to create relationships all around the world with not just any, any realtor, but with the best realtor. And so you know what? That makes it better for you. So I highly suggest, why not take a look at Linda Craft, and, uh, Linda Craft and her team when it comes to real estate? You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here with Michael Bianco Spallon and his book. Can, sometimes that can be a tongue twister there, Michael. Uh, and his, <laughs> his, book, his book, Conscious Leadership, uh, Seven Principles That Will Change Your Business and Change Your Life. And we just got through talking about why child, you know, kind of looking back at your childhood is so important. I want to address something that you said before we go into leadership principle number two. Mm-hmm. And, and that is about the childhood piece. And I'm going I'm to make it personal. The fact, of the, yeah. the fact of the matter is, Michael, I tried to do everything uh, except the thing that I love doing. And I tried very hard to try to fit into a mold that I thought people wanted me to fit into. And, yeah. and you know, I tried to play the corporate game. And mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is I always loved being an entertainer and I've always loved learning. I've always loved learning. And I now get to read a book a week, interview people like you, and I get to share that, which is a passion. I get to share that with the world in my way. And what a blessing! Yeah, it really is. And uh, I, I, I avoided it. I tried to do so many other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what I do. You know, I coach, I speak, I write, and uh, I get to do this show, and 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 get to have people like you on it. And so, when you said that, it really touched a part of me that said, "Oh no." When you said, I bet you were a lot of fun as a little kid, I'm still fun because I found it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, right. yeah, you, you know, find your bliss. I mean, let's, yeah. let's just, if you're in a, I have a lot of uh, training facilitation, I work with a lot of teams and groups, and, you know, I'll start out in some ground rules and I'll say, look, let's have some fun. If we're not having fun doing what we're doing, why are we doing it? Mm. I mean, why bother if you're not having some level of entertainment and fun 
And, and we, we can do that with any, almost anything that we do. We can find some, some way to make, make fun of this. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Well, let's talk about conscious leadership principle number two because it leads right in. And, and that is be a peace builder, the inside job. Can I do it with my radio voice? Yeah. Let me do the radio voice. By, be a peace builder. The inside job. Let's do. Let's do that. Yeah, the inside. The inside job. The yeah. inside job. Let's talk about that. So, well, what, are, what are we talking about here? Yeah, Jay. Yeah, it's it's probably. I, you know, I love all these principles, but I, this is the one that I think has has much meat to it, and and it can dive a little deeper here, and it really uh, kind of tail uh, tail ends with with our previous conversation around being a child and looking back on your on your childhood days. The inside job, uh, being a peace builder, is about peace from within. As a human being, we're born with certain congenital DNA structures that define how we interpret the world. And then on the environmental side, there's so many different factors, education, location, where we're born, the ethnicity, our heritage, our familial influences, uh, and a host of other factors determine our belief systems. And those belief systems become unconscious uh, filters through which we interpret the world. And then not only interpret the world, but then find evidence to support our views in the world. Mm. And as a leader, when I say be a peace builder, I'm talking about quieting those, those raging fires from within. Those fires, those belief systems, or let's, let's use some other terms like implicit bias and prejudice that we have. It's, it's just, everyone does. If you're right. walking on the face of the planet, you have some level of bias and prejudice. So true. But understanding how that impacts one's life and how in a leadership, uh, in a leadership demonstration and delivery, pet peeves, those those interactions, those, those people that rub you the wrong way, and we all have that. Uh, where does that come from, and, and what part of me is, is interacting and, and from a leadership point of view that's, that's limiting full self-expression of both myself and the person that I'm, I'm leading or the team that I'm leading? And understanding that, you know, being able to, to identify uh, within you know, certain belief systems that are limiting being able to de- decipher and, and be able to minimize that, that the ego has, that false voice from within that's very limiting and very chiding. You know, everybody on this, this call that's listening here knows what I'm talking about. It's that chatterbox inside your head that says, don't do this. Oh, my God. If I wear this, if I say this. I mean, those types of, those types of uh, internal uh, firestorms that exhi- exist within us and unconsciously play out. And so the second principle is trying to get to the bottom of that and understand that in order to have peace on the external side, and when I say peace, I'm talking about success. I'm talking about advancing your cause, whatever that cause might be. In order for us to do that, it's really helpful to be able to understand and quell the fires that exist from then. Yeah, you, you know, we, you talk about a term that, you know, if anybody's ever, ever had an intro to, to the psychology class, uh, they re, you know we're all required to talk about Freud on some level. On some level, mm-hmm. and you talk about the false self, the ego, and and I the one the thing that you say about it, which is really true, because I don't think you necessarily mean it exactly as Freud meant. I actually think you mean it in terms of kind of hiding from our real self a little bit. But yes, yeah, exactly. The, the ego driven false self prevents us from living where life occurs in the present tense mm-hmm. and when we become aware of being aware we open that's when we open the door to, to consciousness consciousness yeah 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 that's that's kind of interesting yeah. that's kind of interesting because I, I think you know what happens is we develop this thing we develop this ugly thing that you you, you call ego we really we really did develop this thing over the course of our mm-hmm. time and we allowed the pressures of the world we allowed the pressures of other people we allowed the pressures of everything to actually kind of influence this so that we're no longer right we're no longer really able to be as powerful as we could be exactly yeah it, it reinforces it reinforces is the, the messages that that we're being given not necessarily by ourselves but messages from external sources it reinforces that and, and disallows us to, in, in a very unconscious way, this happens very subtly, uh, but it, it really disempowers us to be able to step forward and, 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 and do that with, you know, one of the other principles in the book is being a risk taker, right? right. Be a risk taker. Right. The risk is to stand for integrity. The risk is to take yourself on. The risk is to, to communicate with a different, different style. You know, so yes, that, that limiting part of uh, that construct that's within, and, you know, I don't want to get too deep or woo-woo right. here, but that right. really, does, it really does pull us back, and, and it reinforces a false narrative. 
Mm. You know, it reinforces the narrative that I have to be the type, the, the type of person you want me to be. Right. It reinforces the message that I can't necessarily feel safe to be able to express myself or my opinions. Mm. So, yeah, there's a whole, you know, this, this takes place and, and just builds over time. So the, we, we find ourselves, you know, we could find ourselves in middle age going, why am I here and how did I get here? Right. You know, and, and, and so it's really important to understand and be able to decipher through what's real and what's not uh, and be able to take oneself on. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you go back in this, this, this particular section, chapter of the book, where you go back and you, t- you tell us to take time to reconsider our childhood memories because mm-hmm. what we don't – because we don't want to look at this piece. And, 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 and I think this is really critical. Huh. If we hold on to the – here's what you say. If we hold on to painful, harsh events – that baggage will manifest itself in our present day, in our human exchanges, mm-hmm. sometimes subtly and sometimes blatantly, right? Talk, yeah. Talk about that a little it's bit. It's true. Well, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm carrying a childhood uh, memory that I'm not conscious to necessarily, but, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of very heinous things that, that children go through, as we know, Um, and very painful uh, losses and abandonment issues and a host of other psychological, you know, when you're a child, you don't have the, you don't have the, the, um, the infrastructure, you don't have the scaffolding in place to be able to handle or to be able to understand these things. And without, without uh, addressing the emotional impact, we, we, we register this back in, you know, I like to think of the I like to think of our spirit and soul, which I happen to believe just continues on from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. You know, it it it, it actually has an imprint in your. And I'll use I use the soul as an as a hard drive. So your hard drive has that memory lodged in there. And when when an, an interaction or an event happens that sparks this, and it happens unconsciously, we're not even conscious to it. And the truth is, Jay, as, as you know, we're very, you know, what drives the show, we think, but the truth is our unconscious drives, drives our behavior more so than our conscious behavior. It's so true. Firestorms that exist. Yeah. It, it really does. The, the, we, we, you, you know, you used the word autopilot earlier uh, in the book yeah. and throughout the book. We kind of do unconsciously just kind of walk around in oblivion. <laughs> yeah, that's we, we really, right. We really do. I mean, we we kind of just go. You know, I, I get in my I get my coffee. I get in my car. Yeah. I go to work. I do what I do. I go to car. Go home. Do what I do. I go to bed. I go get up. I get yeah. my coffee. Mm-hmm. And then we say, we just automatically say the things that we say. I, I and, exactly. And, and I think this is where. You know, you getting us to wake up, you know, and say, hey, you got to wake up here, folks. Mm -hmm. And you start moving into this idea of being a risk taker and active listening in in this chapter here. And I think this whole, these two pieces especially, risk taking and active listening, hearing beyond words, Mm -hmm. I think this becomes pretty critical because I, I... I want to just give these statistics that you quote in the book. You say individuals learn 20% of what they hear. They learn 30% of what they see. Therefore, they learn 50% of what they see and hear. But they learn 70% of what we discuss. But they learn 80% of what we experience. And then we learn 95% of what we teach others. And that's from William Glasser's work on how we learn theory. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. T- let's talk about this active listening piece and because uh, you know you have a great quote in here uh, from the leadership standpoint. Are you okay if I quote it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's called "My job as a leader is not to change someone's belief system or alter a prejudice, but rather to listen effectively so I can support him or her in becoming a better communicator, engage effectively with employees, and connect powerfully with customers." That's pretty dang beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really... we just have we just have to do it, Jay. I mean, that's that's the both the hard that's both the challenge as well as the opportunity when you think about it, right? Yeah. So... And and yeah, I mean, active. Look, you you uh, one can can uh, you know pretend to actively listen, and we know the difference. I mean, any listener uh, that's listening here knows when somebody's active li- actively listening and when they're not. And 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 I would ask them, how do you know? How do you know that someone's actually listening to you, right? How do you know when somebody's, somebody cares about you? How do you know that? You know, there's a visceral energy. that t- Look, 
Let's talk about this for a second. The body, and you know this, Jay, the, the body itself is just a, a container. And you mentioned the four elements. I operate from Eddie's uh, model of the triune self, which is very similar mm. to the way that you started the call here, of body, mind, and spirit, right? right. And you bring in emotions, but, you know, they're inculcated into that as well. Sure, sure. You know, we, we need to take care of all those elements in there. there there's the, the, all these elements are essential for us in terms of how we, how we operate. And, and that your ability to tune in and, and, and when you're present, and again, one of the, you know, we haven't gotten to be present, but be right. present. When you're present, there's no, you're not thinking about what happened yesterday. You're not thinking about the, the discussion you had 10 minutes ago. You're not thinking about the pain point that you had this morning with your spouse. Mm. You're not talking about that because you're present in the moment. The, the, and as you aptly pointed out, we pretty much live our lives unconsciously walking through the motions. And we know, Jay, if you want, if you want to change your, the results, thinking that you can do the same things you do day in and day out, that's a definition of insanity. Mm. So you've got to change something. You know, when, and, and let's, let's talk more broadly here for a second when it comes to leadership. You know, I ask the people that I coach and the, and the organizations that I work with in, 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 in a forum like this, how do you think we're doing in the world right now, Jay? Like, how, how's it going right now? How, how much violence has, has been perpetrated across the globe at this point? We're destroying the planet. Animal species are just becoming extinct. We're polluting our oceans. And, and so the question is, it, that's the model of leadership that exists, not just domestically, but internationally. We, we, you know, I'm not, we don't have enough time to even talk about some of the issues that are facing the planet, let alone our own country. So... If the, re- if the listeners out there can acknowledge the fact that we're not doing so well right now. So what needs to change? What needs to change is the way in which we are leading others, the way in which leaders, and lead- leadership is ubiquitous. It- it's not just corporate leaders. Yeah, I mean, there's corporate, there's middle-sized companies, there's small boutique companies. Their leaders are not-for-profit leaders. They're educational uh, leaders. There's, there's medical, uh, the medical community. Parents are leaders. Grandparents are leaders. Leadership is ubiquitous across the board. Anyone that's trying to coalesce the energy or the energies of others to achieve a common goal, they're leaders. So, so my message is to step into a different paradigm. Mm-hmm. My message is to step into, yes, being aware Absolutely. Being present, being a risk taker, you know, listening beyond the words, seeing, you know, being able to take a little bit of a deeper dive. And one can't do that if you're locked in the future or the past. Mm. You have to be present to be able to do that. And when you're present, that's a different energy that takes place. And that energy comes from us. And an example I used quite often when I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm coaching and training, you know, you're at a, you're at a cocktail party. And, you know, there's 100 people in the party, and somebody walks in the room. Everybody's head sways to look at the person. They don't know the person, but why are they looking? They're looking because the person has a certain level of confidence. There's an energy that's that's visceral. Mm -hmm. So all this plays out. Right, right. So uh, this is a good this is a good point here. Then I think because you were you were just like you you know you're getting so far ahead you won't even let me say the chapter you just. (laughs) <laughs> so, so let's, yeah, so, I can't help myself. I know you're just. I know because you, you're passionate about this, man, and I love that. I mean, I want passionate well, people on this show, and and I think that's this is why we go through the book because I know, you know, I'm never going to ask. I never have asked an author, why did you write the book? I don't really care. Do you know why? Because that's not what you're passionate about. What you're passionate about is what you wrote, and I hear it. And everybody, everybody who's listening can hear your passion, and that's awesome. Well, it's true. Um, you know, the, I, beli- I, I live by these principles. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a full-time professional leadership coach. I'm actually working in the largest shipyard in the country, coaching civilian and military leaders to enhance their leadership. Right. These principles actually are not only in, true in, in my uh, work that I do, but when others take them on, things change. There's improvements. Communication improves, accountability improves, right. your pull through with your clients improve. Mm-hmm. So there's a real practical side of this. This yeah. is not just, I'm just not, you know, throwing this out and saying this is a wish list for leaders to take on. Yeah. I've seen the impact of this. Right. Even when I was working in, in the financial services area, leading large sales organizations, when I shifted my principles to align to conscious leadership, my results on all, all parts of my work improved dramatically. 
So there's a real, there's a pragmatic value attached to this. Right. That's, I love that. That's all, I, cause I know you live it. I really do. Uh-huh. And and everybody, all of us around here can hear that you live it out. And that's fantastic. Hey, the book is called Conscious Leadership. His name is Michael Bianco Splon. Uh, seven principles that will change your business and change your life. Available bookstores everywhere. Uh, Amazon uh, as well. And you can pick up this book. It, it, it's really a, it really is a fabulous read. I highly recommend it. And he's now joining us here on A New Direction. Hey, everyone. You know, we have a great, great sponsor. I, You know, I've called them for a long time. I've called them new. The fact of the matter is they've been with us. They are the newest sponsor, but they are our grand sponsor. And their name is Epic Physical Therapy. And we are so grateful to them. Matter of fact, I stopped by their office today just to say thank you for sponsoring A New Direction and for helping us bring on people like Michael and, and so many other great authors, best-selling authors like him, who who are who want to do this show and it's because they help support us financially and let me tell you something about them and because this is really about their character you know they offer the most advanced the the top of the line equipment i mean this is the, the they're willing they spend their money and their time into making sure that they have the best equipment so that they can give you the best results here's some of the things that they have the alter g anti-gravity treadmill if you've got joint problems and you say i can't run trust me you can run in this norma tech compression sleeves it's amazing what it can do to build your muscles the game ready if you ever had a game ready oh man pressure and ice all at the same time reduces swelling i love it it's fantastic That's just a few of them. Look, every one of them are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments. Some of these treatments you may have heard, blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, which I really like to help reduce swelling, cupping, maybe you've seen the swimmers with the little circles on their backs where they they use the cups. Yeah, they do these things and more. I highly recommend them. Learn more by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T. Dot com. And also, Lindencrafted Team Realtors. You know what? They have been a longtime sponsor with us, and we are so grateful for them as well. And you know what makes them so great is that for 35 years, they've been building relationships with people, one at a time. Uh, they started here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and to this day, they still build the relationships in a very unique way. You know what? They really want to know about you because they understand that when it comes to the largest purchase in your life, that it means something to you. You have developed a family there. You're going to raise a family there. You, you've you gone a lifetime there or you've gone a short period of time and you're moving on, but it's all created memories. And those memories are important to you and it's important to the people at Lindacraft and Team Realtors. So why not check out the team that really wants to build a relationship with you? Lindacraft and Team Realtors. You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we thank them. And we're back here on A New Direction with Michael Bianco Splon and uh, his book, Conscious Leadership. And uh, we were digging into principle three. I, we're not going to make, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to make it through all seven principles. <laughs> Guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to buy the book. So, so uh, J- Jay, which, which principle would you like to uh, talk about at this point? Yeah. So, I, listen, I, God, Michael, why? Because I, because there's so many really cool things that you do throughout all of this, right? I think being present is so huge, and I know we've talked about it. I, sure. I, I, because I think it's, we don't, we're not intentional. You know, we do, no. we, we're not intentional when it comes to being present, and we, you know, no. we think we're there, but we're really not there. You know, I, I have to be, I have to be in this moment with you. If I am not in this moment with you right now. And I'm not fully engaged into every single word that you're saying, even though I have taken, you know, you know, 15 pages of notes on your book. If I'm, <laughs> if I am not, then I'm looking at, by the way, if I, yes, I'm cheating folks. I did take the, because I wrote, I read every book from cover to cover. Anyway. It's good cheating. It is good cheating. So, you know, I, 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 so I, I find that huge being a risk taker, I think is, uh, incredibly important. And we kind of talk about that because I think part of it is is, you know, the risk that we take is having the courage to actually care, I think is one of the yeah. biggest risks that we have. That's right. Right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But I uh, I think, mm, see, I hate this when you do this. Let's talk, about, let's talk about principle number five, being a transformative communicator. Because... Well, that, and yeah, Jay, that, that talks directly to being able to listen beyond the words. And we know that in the human interaction, uh, face-to-face interaction, there's three elements, right? So you've got your words, mm. 
you've got your tone of voice and you've got your nonverbals. Mm. What drives the, the interaction, what drives the communication is not the words, it's the, the nonverbals. So when I think about being a transformative communicator, I think about, you know, looking or listening beyond the words. What's the real story? What's behind the words that are being given? And again, if you're not present and you're not uh, uh, self-aware, uh, if you're not listening uh, aptly, you're going to miss the intention behind that. Uh, and the other, side of, the other side of being a transformative communicator is taking, and again, I'm going to combine being a risk taker, is taking the risk to, you mentioned about caring, taking the risk to let the folks know that you, these are the folks you lead and serve, let them know that you actually care about them, that their well-being, their professional and personal development is important to you. Why do, why do individuals leave companies, Jay? You know this. I mean, you could, you could look at 10 uh, uh, surveys, HR surveys, and they're all going to tell you a similar story. The, the top one, two, or three reasons why employees leave organizations is because of their boss mm-hmm. or their supervisor, their mm-hmm. manager, mm-hmm. because they don't care about them. They don't develop them. Mm-hmm. They don't provide them with feedback, both constructive as well as positive feedback. These are the reasons that people leave organizations. And what's the cost to an organization having to bring other employees in? That's a tremendous cost. That's a six-to-one, seven-to-one ratio. Yeah, tremendous cost. So, yeah, so being a transformative communicator really, really separates the wheat wheat from the chaff here. It's it's that important. Okay, so this is is the piece. I know this isn't one of your myths, right? But I can hear a myth Mm -hmm. coming out of that from old, maybe old school leaders. I can hear it. They're saying, look... Look, Michael, I I'm, I'm I'm playing the leader now. Look, Michael, yeah. I uh, I pay them enough. I don't have to care. I I pay them so I don't have to care. So why is that important? Well, you know, first of all, you how much churn is your organization having? I mean, you've got a leader at the top of the house that's not interested in how uh, how their employees. Uh, feel their care, they're probably going to leave at some point. Yeah. Even, you know, even from a money point of view, m- most people will say people leave companies because of money or a better, right. better job offer. Well, you know, the truth is people do leave because of that, but that's not the primary reason. No, it's not. So, so yeah, I mean, I would ask, I would ask a leader that takes that uh, antiquated management uh, attitude, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, really, how's it working for you? I love that. How's that working for yeah. you? Yeah, it's not working too good, is How's it? that working for you, so, right? Yeah. I mean, that's an antiquated model that, that you know, I'm sorry, companies, you can, you, you can gain short-term uh, revenue and, and shareholder value operating from that premise, but you're right. not going to have on the long, you're not going to have a long period of uh, prosperity as a, no. as a company when, when you operate from that, particularly in the world that's changing so rapidly at this point. Right. No, I you, mean, our world right. is just geometrically uh, progressing. The digital, the AI uh, phenomena that's taking place is going to revolutionize our world. Yeah, it's true. I, I do want to hit one thing that you say in this chapter, and that is bridging communication and leadership, expertise, process, and understanding the Tripod Balancing Act. Can you talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit? Because I thought this was a really neat little area that you kind of kind of dove into here between expertise, process, and understanding. Well. Uh... You know, it's one thing. It's one thing to have the knowledge or the expertise. Right. It's another to be able to convey or to give that away. An old, like an old management or an antiquated management style, as we both know, their expertise. They mm. keep their authority. Mm. Effective leaders, on the other hand, are folks who judiciously give that away. These are people that you know have the expertise, but they also have the understanding and the processes in place to be able to. Uh, bring their knowledge, bring their skill, bring their passion, bring their vision to other folks that they're leading and serving. So there's a real disconnect for people who, you know, are are you know just super managers, but not such great leaders in that way. So in in when looking at it from those points of view, leaders need to ask themselves the question. You know, number one, are you a subject matter expert? Number two, do you understand that? And number three, what are the processes that are in place to bring that forward in terms of conscious leadership? Because in my book, I'm giving it away. You know, right, what, right. what's mine, even when I was working in the corporate world, I would look at my managers and say, what's mine is yours. My success is directly, directly uh, contingent upon your success. Yeah. Everything and more that I have. Right. 
So that's yeah. that's basically where I'm coming from from that from that point of view. So let's combine let's combine uh, conscious leadership principles six and seven together because I think they work hand in hand. One is they being I, I I really do I really think that being a love leader and being a servant leader I think they really work together here. So let's let's give let's give people a little bit of a, a taste if you will of leading with love and being a servant leader. Mm-hmm. Well, they do. They really, you know, being a servant leader, you know, one of the qualities of service is, you know, dare I say it to any of the folks out there that actually work in corporations, it's love, right? It's, it's in a, you know, how often has, uh, have your listeners been in boardrooms where the conversation of the executive team has been around, how do we care better for our compassion for our individuals, the, the employees that work with us, that are going through challenges or having a rough time? How do we, how do we embolden uh, empathy as a part of social awareness from a, from a leadership point of view? Uh, you know, I remember in, when I was working for the, this Fortune 100 financial services company, big company, I remember sitting in a boardroom and we were talking about the customer experience. And I asked the team of executives around this boardroom, I, was like, well, I asked them that question. How well do we think we're taking good care of and caring for and actually loving the folks that we, we, uh, we lead and serve? And I've got to tell you, these men around that were sitting around the tables all had, you know, looked at me like I had nine heads. And I said, we have X millions of customers that we're dealing with. Why wouldn't we as an organization inculcate and embolden the principle of caring for our employees and really, really leading from that point of view? And the other thing, of what one entity, what one quality of living as a human being do we, and this, is, this, this cross-grains culture, this is a global, uh, this is a humanity uh, question. What one thing do we want most in our lives? And that's love. We want to be able to accept and receive love, and we also want to be able to give love. I don't care who you are, there's a, and you could be a nasty soul out there, but there's a part of you that, there's a part of you that wants love and wants to be able to give love. Yeah. And why would that be different from a leadership perspective? Why wouldn't we want to embolden that into, our, into the practices that we have? We're dealing with customers, and we're dealing with human beings. <laughs> Why wouldn't the human beings that I'm leading and serving want to know that I really care about them? I, I, you, you know what, Michael? This is, by the way, you cannot believe all the love that's coming up on Facebook right now for you. It's just, oh, there's, 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 there's just loves and likes and wows and people are just blown away uh, by the things that you're saying. So you just need to know that. The live audience well, is uh, is just is just commenting even on Castbox FM. I've got people commenting, doing wows, and he's good. And so just just know that your words are not going uh, unnoticed or unlistened to. Well, that's people that's think. wonderful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think one of the things I was really disappointed. This is a true story. I was at a place of business. It's a it's a medium sized business. And I wasn't coaching, I'm not coaching this particular business. It's a business that I use, but I get to know the employees quite well. And mm-hmm. I just happened to have a side conversation because I happen to know the owners of this business. Mm-hmm. And they said they just keep making changes without telling us anything. They just do what they're going to do and then they don't tell us. And, you know, she said, she says to me, I don't know how they can expect us to be so good to our clients and customers when they treat us so bad yeah it and i mean this is kind of a crux of your book yeah yes yeah and my experience working with this fortune 100 financial services company was that the customer comes first and you hear this from a variety it's across different industries you've heard this the my customers are always right my customers come first now yeah customers your clients are extraordinarily important they're the ones that support your business but if you want to take great care of your clients and your customers why wouldn't you take care of the people that are taking care of the customers <laughs> it doesn't make sense it to me it doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense i you know what this is people don't understand the domino effect of our own spiritual, emotional, mental, physical mm-hmm. being, right? You treat people yeah. badly. What do you expect that person to do? That's right. 
right? If you treat it's simple, people, it's simple, Jay. It's so stinking simple. If yeah. you if you want to look like, why are our customer service numbers down? Why don't you look at how you're treating your people as a leader? Mm-hmm. Right? right. I mean, exactly. That's kind of what you, I mean. This is kind of the crux. I start looking at this stuff and I'm going, folks. You know, I'm going to use Michael's word. Wake up, people. Yeah. Wake mm-hmm. up. Get conscious. That's the message. That's the message. Wake up. Get. Turn off the autopilot. Get conscious, people. Mm-hmm. Be present. Right. Know what you're doing. Know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Man, I just, I'm sorry. Because here's the other thing, Jay, because you can. Let, let's be honest here. Right. This is a, tr- here we get, we're, we're doing full circle here. We're going back to the power of choice. Why? Because you can. Why? Because you can choose to do that. And for all the leaders that are listening out there, Make a choice to step into the present tense. Make a choice to, to lead from a position of love and compassion and seeking to understand. Do we need this in our world right now? Let, let's expand this out. How, uh, look at our country right now. I've ne- uh, you know, I'm walking on the planet. It's my sixth decade of walking on the planet. I've never seen our country so polarized. Right. It's, it's awful. And that's because people aren't talking to each other. And we're more common than we are dis- dissimilar. And yet we don't talk to each other. We don't step beyond our, our limitations. We don't step beyond our those fires that burn within. Because and now's the time to do it. If we're not going to do it now, Jay, when are we going to do this? And, and Michael, you're so right because we've got a choice. You said this early on. You know what? We, we, we all are biased. We've all yeah. got barriers. But you know what? We don't have to have them today. I can yeah. talk. I can talk to you, even if our political ideologies don't don't align. Absolutely. Because totally, be, we're more than our politics. Okay? It, yeah, we're more than we're more than whatever we are. Because at the end exactly. of the day, as as I'm going to quote Michael Bianco Splan in his book, because at the end of the day, do you know what we have more in common than we do apart? And part of it is is that we're human, and that's a lot of it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're all, we're all here, you know, we're spiritual entities having a human experience, mm. you know, but we're all spiritual and we're all connected. I'm sorry it. to say, folks, we're all connected. I love it. You know? Do you know we've been on an hour? I, it's just passed by so quick. Okay? <laughs> it's crazy. It's, by the way, Michael, Michael uh, Bianco Splon, thank you so much for being on the show. Now I'm going to hit you up. This is the surprise that I give my guests. So I tell my friends, because you are no longer a guest, you're a friend of the show. I ask my friends, you know, to, because you know the show's called A New Direction. We try to help people find a new direction in Mm -hmm. success and leadership in their life and careers and business. If my friend Michael Bianco Splon were to leave A New Direction with a listener, what would he say based on conscious leadership? I think the most important message, Jay, is to turn that autopilot off. Really, to tune in, tune into to the essence of who you are. Step into your true self and turn off the autopilot. Stop living your life unconsciously. Mm. You step into a level of leadership presence, and things change. That's awesome. That's the direct. That's the direction I'm I'm telling telling your listeners to take. Are you woke? You should be. I'm woke. Yeah. I'm woke. <laughs> You're right. His name is Michael <laughs> Michael Bianco Splon. The book, Conscious Leadership, available bookstores, Amazon, anywhere that books are sold. Tell them to get it in if they don't have it on the bookshelf because it is that good. And have it faced out because uh, we don't want to see the spine. We want to see the whole cover of the book. It's a great book. Folks, it's the show. You know what I say every week? Be inspired because when you're inspired, that means you can inspire other people. And in turn, they can inspire others. And that can make this world a fabulous place. I'm going to be back next week with another fabulous guest. And as I say every week to all of you out there, ciao, everybody. confidence and the answers don't make sense got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your